them. Uh, we're reading from Luke, and it's chapter 5, and verses 12 to 16. So Luke 5, starting at verse 12, and it says, Jesus heals a man with leprosy. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Thanks, Lizzie. It's a bit of an odd reading tonight, isn't it, really? One that's quite difficult to connect with, in a way. We're talking about leprosy and priests and, and, and cleansing and, and things like that. So uh, let's just pray before we start and help the Lord, ask the Lord to help us to understand it. Lord, thank you that you've given us uh, your word. And uh, we just pray tonight that as we look at this short passage, you will speak to each one of us. You will speak into our hearts and show more of Jesus to us. Amen. Well, I had to trade in my car uh, recently. It was, uh, uh, I was very fond of it, had it a long time, my pride and joy, and I was a little bit shocked at the trade-in price they gave me. It's never what you expect, is it, if you've done this. Um, basically, they gave me the value of its spare tyre. Uh, that was all it was worth, was the spare tyre in the boot. I was heartbroken. As far as they were concerned, it was a write-off. Well, that was my car. I was very fond of it. And yet, as far as the garage was concerned, written off. Well, Luke 12, Luke 5, 12 to 15, this passage we're looking at tonight, it's a story about a man who was written off. It's a story of hope and comfort, but for someone who everybody else had written off. So that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at the passage under uh, four headings, uh, roughly. We're going to think about the fact that no one is beyond Jesus' reach. Think about what we really need. And then, how can I be sure of Jesus' response? And then what our response should be. So four areas that we're going to work through as we uh, look through this passage. So start off with just thinking about this point about no one is beyond Jesus' reach. Because the leper's story shows us that Jesus has time for us even when we seem completely lost, when our lives seem complete waste. Because if we look at this man, in every dimension of his life, there was despair. It's almost as though you could take all the suffering you could imagine in someone's life and stick it into this one person. He's physically ill, he's isolated, he's in despair. 
Just look with me, verse 12. Luke describes this man as covered with leprosy. If you're using a different version at home, uh, the words might be full of leprosy. It's, it's a horrible description, isn't it? It's someone who is just riddled with nasty skin conditions. It might be leprosy, as we sort of perhaps imagine it, um, but it was probably just nasty, horrible skin diseases, boils, rashes, sores, all the things you get as a teenager, but you just live with it for the rest of your life, getting worse and worse. And that must have led to blood poisoning, other diseases, and so on. There was no cure. This was really a walking death sentence. This man's life, described as he is by Luke, his life's going to be horrible and short. Uh, If he was a dog, you'd probably be having him put down. And yet what happens? The Lord Jesus, who Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, describes as the ruler of all creation, the Lord Jesus reaches out, in verse 13, and touches him. It was a life that had so little time left, probably. It had so little to offer. But Jesus stands by him and touches him. And this man, he's, he's also been thrown out of society. Um, the Old Testament rules said that he had to isolate not just for seven days or go into lockdown like we're doing. He had to self-isolate forever. That means he was cut off. Just as perhaps some of us feel cut off now, a little bit from families, he was cut off forever from his family. If he had a job, that was gone. He had no social life. He couldn't go into the town. Interesting, because he is in town, but he shouldn't have been. He couldn't go into the synagogue of our church and they didn't even have garden centres in those days so in fact in fact it was worse than that he had to uh, go around shouting at people that he was unclean imagine walking down the street in Brighton shouting out unclean unclean so that people run away from you no one wanted to be near him and yet the Lord Jesus does the Lord Jesus the creator of the world reaches out and touches him. No one had been near him for years. The world was rejecting him. But Jesus didn't. And to make it worse, I don't think this bloke's very nice. I don't think he's very likeable. You know, we know from other parts of the Bible that lepers used to go around in groups. They were the one people they could socialise with. It was like a, 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 a leprosy bubble. Um, But this man's on his own, isn't he? And he doesn't quite seem to know how to behave. I I kind of empathise with that a little bit. But look at verse 12. It says he's in town. Well, he shouldn't have been. He should have been keeping out of town. Social distancing applied to him. And he shouldn't have been there. Verse 13 tells us that he goes up to Jesus. Well, he certainly shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have been anywhere near anybody. And there at verse 14, Jesus tells him not to say what's happened to him. Uh, but it says, well, the news spread. And we know from the other Gospels, the reason that happened was because he disobeyed Jesus. 
and he did talk to other people. So he seems to be uh, uh, an unlikable sort of person who just cannot follow the rules or do as he's told. And yet, and yet, the Lord Jesus, that creator of the world, has reached out and, and touched even him. He spends time with him. He listens to him. Listens to per- someone who nobody else wanted, who apparently no one liked very much. I suspect, I don't know, but I suspect someone in this situation doesn't like themselves very much either. William Barclay, one of the commentators on this passage, uh, says this, he says, when we despise ourselves, Christ's hand is still stretched out. It's a good line, isn't it? Even when we despise ourselves, Christ's hand is still stretched out. Now, Luke tells this story uh, for a reason. And one reason may be to point out that whatever our situation, we may feel overwhelmed. We may not have any families. We may be towards the end of our lives. We may feel a waste of space. Well, Luke's saying, here's someone who's been in that situation, somewhere who's been there first, And even at that rock-bottom situation, written off, Jesus was still there. Jesus still reached out and touched him. We have never, however bad our situation, beyond Jesus' touch. Now that's great news. That's lovely. But it's a bit woolly, isn't it, if we stop there. It's all a bit vague. It's a bit like a dodgy advert that promises all sorts of stuff, but you're not quite sure... What's on offer? So let's just go a bit deeper and think, well, what do we really need? (coughs) And what did Jesus actually do? Well, there are two things happening here, aren't there? You can see that in verse 13. Jesus says to the man, he says, be clean. And then in the verse says, immediately the leprosy left him. So there's two things happening, aren't there? There's healing and there's cleansing. And they're very different things. And we kind of understand, obviously, what healing is, but what is this business about being made clean? What's what's cleansing? Well, the Bible tells me that we humans are not clean. Actually, the word the Bible used, it talks about sin. That means we've rebelled against God and we've polluted ourselves. We've polluted our relationship with God. And that's what the Bible would call unclean. And being clean is a picture of being put right with God. Being able to come into God's presence. So if you look back through some of the characters in the Bible, we see that played out. King David prays that he will be washed by God so that he will be clean again, white as snow. Um, in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 1, God speaks to the people and he says, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds. And Paul, writing much later, describes the Corinthian Christians as washed, made saintly, put right with God in the name of Jesus. So this, this leper is a sort of uh, walking reminder of our condition before God 
if we ignore him, if we rebel against him. We are unclean. We are not perfect enough to go near him. You know, we, we have a window cleaner who comes around with one of those squirty things that goes up and down the windows and all over the place. And I always notice, it always drives me nuts when he's finished and after I've paid him, that there's one bit of window that he's missed. There's always a grubby corner somewhere. <coughs> the cleaning is never quite done properly. Well, if we want to know God, we have to be cleaned properly. Now, I wonder if I'd been in the leper's shoes in those days and I'd come to Jesus, what would I have asked for? Would I have asked for healing or would I have asked for cleaning? In fact, right now, it's not a bad question to ask ourselves, isn't it? What are we asking from God? And if you talk to your friends and you said to them, I'd like to pray for you, what can I pray for? What would they say? I suspect uh, most of us instinctively think that we need to pray about the problems in our life. Uh, Perhaps we need to pray for the Albion to score a goal. Miracles are still possible. Probably everybody is praying that this pandemic will go away, that that the virus will, will go away. We need a vaccine, we need a miracle, we need something. That seems to be our greatest need. Well, I think if we talk around, you find that our, our friends and folk we know can see very clearly needs for healing, but they can't see a need for cleaning. You know, that is why, actually, the government is busy protecting the NHS, but not protecting the churches. Because we see the need for healing but we don't see the need for cleaning. You know, the NHS can heal us, but it'll never make us clean. Only Jesus can do that. And that is our greatest need. That's what the leper asked for in verse 14, verse 13. So, however bad our situation, nothing, nothing is ever going to be worse than facing God after a lifetime of ignoring him and expecting him to say, well, never mind, welcome in. That's not going to happen. Before we face God, we have to be made clean. Now, do you want to be clear, that does not mean to say that we never pray for healing, because of course we do. And we know that Jesus heals. He heals in the Bible and he still heals today. And some of us have experienced his healing. But you know, that healing, however wonderful it is, is only temporary. When Jesus cleans us, it's permanent. And the other hard fact of life is that actually Jesus does not promise to always heal. We are not always healed when we pray. But Jesus does promise that he will always make us clean. Think of a verse like Revelation 3.20. Jesus says, If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Anyone, I will come in. There's no doubt about it. It's a promise for anybody 
who comes to Jesus. So we often want healing, but we need cleaning. And I think that the reason we perhaps uh, look for healing is it's so much more obvious, isn't it? We can see the need and we can see the result. I can see healing when it happens, but I can't see cleaning so obviously. You know, this leper, we're not told how it happened. Do you think he, he, he saw all the rashes and the spots and everything begin to, to shrivel? Uh, did he just suddenly see himself completely made clean? Uh, we, we don't know. We're told it was a media where there were sores and pus and boils and so on. There was suddenly just perfect skin. So for the leper, he could see he was healed. But how did he know he was clean? And that's a question that often comes up on Alpha. People say, well, okay, I can, I can believe that Jesus can put me right with God, but how? And how do I know it's true? And actually, it's a question that even folk who've been Christians for many years, we all have our moments and think, is this really true? How can I be sure that Jesus has made me clean? Well, there are two answers to that. Um, One is that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have Jesus' Spirit living in us as testimony. But, that's not the focus in this passage. This passage points us to a, a second answer, a different answer. And look at verse 14, it's got that word I just used, testimony, in it. In verse 14, this leper is told to go to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for you as a testimony to them. That word testimony means sort of evidence. Whatever he was going to do with these priests, that wasn't going to make him clean. No, no ritual, no religious service is going to make this man clean. What he did was witness to the fact that Jesus had made him clean. And Luke wasn't writing for Jewish experts in Jewish law, so if, he were, if you were hearing this for the first time in Luke's day, you would have said, well, what's all that about? What happened when this man went to, to see the priest? What happened next? Well, if we want to know that, we won't do it now, but you would have to flick back through the pages of your Bible uh, to one of the books right at the beginning, Leviticus 14, and that would tell you what happened next, what this man did. And, and firstly, he would take two birds, and I wrote that line and thought it sounded a bit like a recipe from Delia or something, take two birds, um, but it's not a recipe. He would take two birds and one would be killed and after it was killed, the priest would take the blood from the killed bird and he would sprinkle it over the live bird. And then that live bird would be set free. And I don't know, but I just wonder whether a few months later this cured leper would have heard about Jesus' crucifixion. And the disciples beginning to explain that when Jesus died, he took our filth and our separation from God onto himself. He bled and died 
so that we may go free. Just as that bird took the blood of the dead bird to fly away. Hebrews 9 says, Jesus was offered as a sacrifice to bear the sins of many. And then, actually, the ritual would go on. There'd be another stage to it. Uh, And the cleansed leper then had a lamb slaughtered. And the blood of the lamb, gets a bit disgusting, the blood was smeared on his face uh, and on his hands and on his feet as a a sign of his complete guilt. (coughs) But then after the lamb has been offered as a sacrifice, the priest takes oil and he washes off the blood off the hands and the face and the feet. In fact, he goes even further. He pours the oil over his head. The leper would have been pronounced completely clean. And maybe at that point he would have remembered what John the Baptist had said about Jesus. John the Baptist, one of the most famous people in Israel at the time, and when he first saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So how can I be sure that Jesus makes me clean? Well, the answer is that it's in the Bible. That is why we've got this book handed down over the years. Foreshadowed in Leviticus and then described in the Gospels especially of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We go back to there when we say, how do I know that I am clean? And it's because the Bible tells me so. Which is great, but what are we supposed to do about it? This isn't just an intellectual exercise of of reading the Bible. How do I respond to that? Well, I don't know if you have any role models in life. According to the Moms website in the US, the best role model for kids is Cameron Diaz. Now, if we had a lot of people in here, you'd expect a roar of laughter, perhaps at that point, but never mind. And the reason is because of her message of self-love and health. Bonkers. I'm not sure what you make of that. I've got a better suggestion for a role model. How about a dysfunctional, unpopular, unhealthy leper? Because there's a man who understood his need, that he could never be right with God until he fell at Jesus' feet and asked to be clean. That's what that leper did. And you know, he may not have worked it all out. He didn't get it right, did he, in many ways. He didn't seem to be too sure. His prayer to Jesus, if you are willing, hardly smacks of much confidence, does it? But that doesn't really matter. What he did was he got the most important thing right. He came just as he was, dirty, unlovable, but he's come to the right place, to the right person, and begged him for the most important thing in the world from the only person who can give it to him. And Jesus says, I am willing, and makes him clean. And he makes us clean too, when we ask him to. So, none of us are beyond Jesus' reach. He's longing to forgive and restore each of us, whatever our situation, however wasted we feel our lives are, we can all copy this man in Luke 5. We can collapse in front of Jesus. And we just simply pray, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean.
And Jesus will always reply, I am willing, be clean.